Turn with me to Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. Uh, they sold him into slavery and he went down to Egypt and, and suffered uh, for some time uh, as a slave and then in, in prison. Uh, and then ultimately God exalted him and fulfilled his purpose for his life. And Joseph is interviewing his brothers after all these years. They've come to him and he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I think of that when I think of the cross. Uh, Jesus, uh, the most innocent man, the most righteous man who ever lived, uh, went to a cruel Roman cross, uh, tried at a kangaroo court, uh, and, and yet through Jesus' death, more good has been done on this planet than through any other means known to man. Uh, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. If you know Jesus Christ, can I tell you something? The world may mean things for evil against you, but God means it for good. And uh, we, in this scripture we're going to look at today, Stephen has been killed. He, he preached a message. The people didn't like the message too much, and they killed him for it. They killed him for what he said in the rebuke of their sin. And, and so when we pick it up in this chapter, uh, Stephen has been killed. And the church is being persecuted. A great persecution breaks out. Uh, they are scattered, all for except the apostles, are scattered into Judea and Samaria. But wherever they went, they preached the gospel. And so uh, God begins to work in a new way through those who are being scattered. Uh, they are reaching more people for Christ. They are having a greater impact. God is bringing them into a season of greater effectiveness. Philip, we see that <clears throat> Philip uh, has been serving in one, one capacity. Now he is being used uh, in a great way evangelistically. Uh, he has a new season of service, a new effectiveness for God. Uh, and then we see God bringing joy to the people of Samaria through Philip's ministry. And God is bringing a great, great work of his conversion and of the joy that Christ's presence brings when a person comes to know him. The Jewish leadership meant it for evil when they killed Stephen. They had no good intention, but God meant it for good. In Acts 1.8, God had told them, you are to go and be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so you see, they'd been in Jerusalem, but now they are in Samaria. They are in Judea, just as God predicted. Sometimes the, the trials of life come and take us by surprise, but they never take God by surprise. And God has a plan and a purpose in it all. So we need to trust him in those seasons of life where we are questioning why all this trouble, why all this heartache in my life. Uh, and the title of my message is, But God Meant It for Good. And look with me at verse 1 of Acts 8. Saul agreed with putting him to death. On that day, 
a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and mourned deeply over him. Saul, however, was ravaging the church. He would enter house after house, drag off men and women, and put them in prison. So those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds were all paying attention to what Philip said as they listened and saw the signs he was performing. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many uh, who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. But God meant it for good. So how does God use difficulty and trouble in our lives? Well, he, first of all, he gives us a greater reach. He gives us a greater reach. They were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. People that they did not have access to, people who they could not impact, were now being impacted through the ministry that they were offering. Uh, one of the things that I have noticed over the years is that people who suffer in certain ways can identify with other people who suffer in those ways, right? If you've lost a child, you know what that person who's lost a child is feeling, right? Uh, if, if you've gone through a, a great, long, drawn-out sickness, you know what it feels like. You know the struggles that are there. And you're able to minister in a new way with a new understanding uh, to people who've gone through that same thing that you've gone through because you understand you've been there. So God uses troubles oftentimes to use us and give us a greater reach and a new area and way of ministering to people. Uh, sometimes it may be geographical like it is in, in the book of Acts where God may move you or relocate you uh, to use you in a new way in the place you're going. Uh, but other times, it may not be a new location. It just may be a new sphere of service where God uses you. Uh, so he gives a greater reach. And uh, it is amazing how when, when you are, are suffering, you can impact others for Jesus. Um, sometimes suffering opens a door to talk to somebody else who's suffering. Uh, someone I know has, has been going through a cancer struggle for a long time, and uh, she uh, gives testimony and so forth on, on, uh, online. And, and, but, but, you know, God is, is working in her life, but he's also working in other people's lives. Uh, my wife had a similar thing happen a while back. Uh, one of her friends from high school had posted about their struggle with cancer, and she talked about she just lost her husband to cancer, and she said, I want you to know something. Uh, my God is still good. And she's given praise to God uh, as, as she has gone through this great trial. And she says, my God still has a plan. He's still good. And, and she, was, she was posting things over time, trying to minister to other people uh, who were going through similar things that she was going through. And, and just telling them, hey, God is still good. God still has a plan. And God used her in that time. Sometimes God uses us after the fact when we've, we've kind of come to terms. Uh, at times, we may not suffer the best way, and, and we may struggle, uh, but God brings us to the other side, and we understand the struggle. So God gives a greater reach, and 
and sometimes a greater compassion. Um, since my daughter was sick, I, I've, I'm moved by people who have kids that are sick. Uh, and, and I hear those stories and, and the tears come uh, oftentimes because of what my experience has been. Uh, it's amazing how God can take the scars and the brokenness of our lives and use it to make us more useful for him. So God gives us a greater reach. So God meant it for good. How does God use difficulty and troubles in our lives? He gives us a greater reach. Secondly, he gives us a supernatural grace. Now, some were scattered, but some weren't. The apostles stayed right where they were in the midst of the persecution. Verse 1 says, this little phrase, except the apostles. So the apostles are staying right in the thick and the heat of the persecution and the difficulty. They're right in the middle of it. But God gave them a supernatural grace. Sometimes God may call us to stay right in the middle of a hard situation so that he can use us there. Did you know God had not given up on his purpose for Jerusalem? God had not given up. He still had a plan. He still had a purpose, and he kept the apostles in the city of Jerusalem. Most of the church fled, but the apostles were still there doing the work of God day in and day out. And the Bible tells us that the church was established there. We'll read later on in the book of Acts that uh, it is, they're still reaching people. They're still having a, an impact. Um, and up until the time... When the Romans destroyed the city of Jerusalem in AD 70, the church of God continued in Jerusalem. Can I tell you something? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God is able to sustain his people. He's able to sustain his church regardless of the circumstances that may come. Sometimes when God calls you to a hard situation, you may be uh, in a hard marriage. Did you know God may redeem your marriage through your faithfulness? The Bible talks us about, uh, to us about that very thing. About how you can be used by God to impact that spouse that doesn't know Christ. Now we're supposed to marry in the Lord, right? You marry another Christian if you're a child of God. Uh, because that will help you in your marriage. But uh, God often will use one spouse to heal a marriage. Um, so God, I think of Hagar. You remember Hagar in the Old Testament, uh, back in the clean white pages? God, uh, you know, told Hagar. Hagar fled. Sarah was uh, being hostile toward her and mistreating her. She fled. God appears to her in the wilderness and says, would you please go back? And if you go back, I'll bless you in this way. And she, God pronounces a blessing. She goes back and she stays there for a while. Things get heated up again and ultimately she leaves. But by the time she leaves, God, God has prepared and uh, her son Isaac uh, is able to sustain them as an archer. I mean, her son Ishmael. <laughs> Got the wrong son. Uh, 
But, but God called her back to that situation. Now you say, well, why? I don't know why, okay? Uh, but God called her back. Now listen, God sometimes puts us in the middle of a hard situation on purpose to do some good. I remember hearing one preacher, he said, uh, yeah, the preacher boys would come to him and say, listen, I want a church and I want it to be like this. And he'd, they'd list all these, these great qualifications of this church and he said, well, if I knew of a church like that, I'd go pastor it. You know, I'm not going to recommend you to that. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, sometimes we're that way as Christians, right? We, we want things just so, right? But God may want to use us to bring a change. God may want to use us to have a positive impact. And sometimes we may not realize just how positive that impact was until we get to heaven. Jesus, when you think about Jesus, uh, he was called to a difficult ministry, wasn't he? Uh, Jesus didn't have an easy time of it. I mean, everywhere he went during his earthly ministry, he found opposition. There were people that were uh, whispering about him in the background. If you've never had that happen, I remember the first church I pastored uh, one Sunday morning, I heard them gossiping about me in the next room. Uh, that's not, a, not the greatest feeling, but uh, this was what Jesus faced not just once in a while, but on a regular basis. Uh, Jesus faced the opposition of people. They lied about him. They accused him of wrong motives. Uh, they tried to kill him. Uh, and, and they were constantly putting him under a microscope, analyzing everything he said and everything he did, trying to find fault with him so they could get him in trouble. Have you ever been there? God sent Jesus to be in the middle of this old wicked world so that he could make a profound difference. On the surface, you see a Galilean carpenter who becomes a teacher of the Bible, to uh, mainly to 12 men, even though he spoke to crowds, mainly invested himself in 12 men, died after only three years of ministry. You might think such a person to be a failure, but he was not. He had the greatest impact of any individual in human history. Three years of ministry, an investment in primarily 12, 12 people that he poured his life into, and he is still changing lives today. Listen, don't second-guess God. If God puts you in a situation that's difficult, he has a reason for doing so. Trust him in the middle of it and ask God to give you grace to rely upon him and to find strength in him in that difficult place. God provided a supernatural grace. But what do I mean by grace? Grace in this situation is the ability that God gives by his grace to face what we need to face and to do what he's called us to do. It is a supernatural grace, and God gives that supernatural grace. I'm so glad he does. There have been many times that ministry has been beyond me, that I've not known what to do or how to do it, but I found that when I come to the Lord and I say, Lord, here I am again in need uh, without an answer, but Lord, I know that you have the answer, and I can bring those things to him, and he is faithful to supply supernatural grace, and he has never failed me. What a great and good God we have. And I'm going to tell you, when you go through trials in your 
family, you can find that supernatural grace too. Uh, you've got a family member who's sick or a child who has gone astray and who's away from God. You can find the supernatural grace and encouragement that you need from the Lord. So take those things to Him. Uh, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So how does God use our difficulty and trouble in our lives? He gives us a greater reach. Secondly, He gives us a supernatural grace. Thirdly, He gives us a new effectiveness, a new effectiveness. Look at verse 6. The crowds were all paying attention to what Philip said, and as they listened, they saw the signs he was performing. What do signs do? They point you to something else, right? He's doing these these signs, apparently these miracles, these uh, exorcisms and so forth, and God is using them to open people's hearts to the gospel. Now, what was Philip doing before? Well, I'm tempted to think that he is the Philip that is spoken about in the appointment of those first seven deacons. He is ministering to widows, which is a great ministry, pure uh, ministry and undefiled as this, to visit widows and orphans in their affliction and keep oneself unspotted from the world. That's what the scripture says. Uh, but Philip was wit- witnessing or and ministering to uh, ministering to widows, but now God is using him and He's bringing him into a new season of effectiveness, and there's a new power upon his life. Uh, he is reaching people like he's not reached people before. Uh, did you know that God can bring you into a new season in your life, a new season of effectiveness, a new season? of power in your life. Um, I read, uh, I've I've always been fascinated by spiritual gifts. I've read a number of books about spiritual gifts. And um, one of the most interesting books I've read was the one by Henry Blackaby. And uh, he made this point and he said, he said, God will often gift you in different ways at different times in your life because he has different purposes for you in different seasons of your life. And I've never thought about that before. And I thought, you know, that is a great insight. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing here. Philip was gifted to minister to the widows. Now he's gifted uh, in, in outreach and evangelism. And, and God is using him in different seasons of life in different ways to fulfill God's purpose. And he's got a new effectiveness. So God uses He's uprooted from his homeland, right? That can't have been pleasant. He's, he's uprooted from his city where he's familiar, the people that he knows. He, he's in a strange place, and yet God is using this to bring him into a new season of effectiveness for God. I noticed uh, different times in my life, I've seen God bring uh, a new season or a new way of using me. Uh, I remember when I became a youth pastor. I, I had witnessed before, I'd, I'd led some people to Christ, but uh, God gave me a new season of effectiveness in that when I became a youth minister. And uh, I, we we had uh, some revival going on, and it kind of spread to the adults, and well, I think we had 18 people saved in two months. And uh, God was just working and moving. Um, and then um, there there have been uh, times that God has used me. Uh, when God called me to preach, uh, <laughs> 
he definitely gave me a new season uh, to minister and showed me that he could use me to minister to people's needs. Uh, I'd done that some, but God showed me how he could use me in people's lives. And uh, he showed me uh, how he could use me and, and, and speak through me to, to needs in, in ways that I'd not expected. Uh, I'd be preaching and uh, God would lead me in a little different direction. And somebody would say, well, hey, that was exactly that part that you, which is the part I didn't plan. <laughs> you know, it, that ministered to me. That's what I needed. And, and God showed me, hey, I'm with you in this and I'm working through you. And so, um, but uh, God, God has done that in a number of times. Then I, I remember when I was in the military. Uh, God began to use me in long-term relationships with lost people. Now, I like going out. We, we go out with EE. We go out and we visit people and we talk to people about Jesus. And I love that. I, I love the fact that we do that as a church. I'm, it, it pleases my heart and, and is, is, is a wonderful thing. Uh, but sometimes God will, will use a person to reach a lost person over a season of time. And God started using me in that way in this man's life. And I didn't know God was preparing me for my ministry. Because there have been a number of people over the years in churches that I've served who have been just like that individual that I was ministering to over that season of time. This man was very, uh, he was actually a little bit hostile toward me when I first started talking to him. We can't talk about this and be friends is what he said the first time I all I did was invite him to church, you know. I mean, and it it was it was just hostility on overdrive, and yet uh, God began to do some things in his life. We began to pray for him. I kind of didn't say a whole lot to him uh, at the beginning, but God began to work in his life through our prayers, and he began to ask me questions, and we began to get in these discussions, and and before long, he was under deep conviction over his lostness. And I believe he's probably been saved. The last day I talked to him, we were, out, we were standing out in the uh, parking lot, and uh, he had tears and coming down his face and under conviction and struggling with that decision. Uh, but, but God changed him so much through that time. And God showed me I, he could use me in that way. And it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is something new. I've not done this before, and yet God's used me in this way. So God does that in different seasons of our lives. Um, as my kids grew, I learned different things about how to impact them at different seasons of life, right? And uh, I'd be praying, Lord, I don't know what to do. You know, please give me wisdom and, and help me with this. And, and God used me and showed me that he could use me over time. And a lot of times I didn't see fruit. Uh, some of you may be trying to teach your kids the things of God, and it seems like you're, you're speaking to a wall hanging there. Okay, just keep keep sowing that seed. You keep uh, talking to them about the Lord, and one day, God, as you pray for them, God can help those things to take root. Uh, but God gives us new seasons of effectiveness in our lives, and oftentimes He does that through trouble. That uh, revival I mentioned when I went to when I became a, a youth minister, um, that was after a season of significant trouble for me. A significant struggle in my spiritual life, and yet God brought me out of it. Matter of fact, I was like, okay, God, I remember I, I met with the, with the committee, and I was talking to the committee, and I was thinking, you know, Lord, 
if you want me to do this, I'll do this, but I just don't feel worthy to do this, and I, I don't feel ready to do this. And, uh, and I felt like uh, God was saying, this is what you need to do. And so that's what I did, and, and, uh, uh, and God, God brought me into a new season of effectiveness. So, uh, but God meant it for good. How does God use difficulty and trouble in our lives? He gives us a greater reach. He gives us a supernatural grace. He gives us a new effectiveness, and he gives us a great joy. I love this. Uh, verse, verse 8, so there was great joy, not just joy, great joy in that city. I can't help but believe that Philip shared that joy. <laughs> you know, uh, it, one, of the, one of my favorite things is to see the excitement and the joy in a person that's just come to know Jesus Christ. I, that never gets old to me. I, it pumps me up. It gets me excited. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, there's something about somebody who has met Jesus Christ, and they've got this new joy. And, they, I mean, they don't, they've not learned discretion. They're going to, they'll witness to a post. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're so excited about Jesus. And I just love that. And uh, it, it, it brings me joy. Do you remember when God changed your heart, forgave your sin? I know our experiences can vary, but listen, what a wonderful thing that God saves sinners. What a wonderful thing that God brings the joy of his presence into our lives. Jesus said this, uh, that he came for this reason, that we could have life and have it abundantly. Isn't it amazing in this season of Philip's life, he's been uprooted from his family. Uh, he's moved to another place. Uh, he, and yet, he, you know, he's grieving, probably grieving for Stephen because Stephen, I'm sure, was a friend. They worked closely together. And, uh, and yet, in the season of this struggle, he experiences God's joy. Have you ever, have you ever been there right in the middle of a trial? Right in the middle of something that's hard. Right in the middle of something that causes many tears. And you, as you speak to the Lord, the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit comes down to comfort you. And you just sense his presence and, and his joy. Um, uh, probably it's been a couple of years ago now. Uh, someone that I know um, from a sister church... Um, was talking about the, the trouble that she had been going through. And she said, uh, she said, you know, I, it, all of a sudden I, I'm listening to this song and it's like I felt like God was giving me a hug. <laughs> and I said, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit ministering comfort to you. And uh, what, an, what an amazing thing. So, you know what I find so encouraging about a scripture like this is that God can bring joy even in dark times. Even in dark times. There is a river of life. His name is Jesus. Jesus said, if you uh, believe in me, fountains of living water will, will burst forth from you and uh, up unto eternal life. And uh, the eternal life that God has given us ministers a supernatural joy. Now, we can kill it. We can kill it through our sin. We can kill it through our rebellion. Uh, and so we have to confess our sin, repent of that sin, uh, ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit, 
And one of my favorite things to do to enter into God's joy is to praise and thank Him for the good things He's done. That's like, what does the Bible say? Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. There's something about thanksgiving and praise that just ushers us into the presence of God. Uh, so Philip is, he, Philip's in this hard season of life. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What is it in your life that is causing a struggle today? Maybe you've got someone who's been mistreating you. Maybe you've got a struggle that you've been facing. Remember, God works all things together for good. I didn't say all things are good. I said God works all things together for good. To them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. Um, The hard things in life often are what usher us into closer fellowship with God. Uh, I think of the, uh, the book of Job and Job was the most righteous man on earth at the time. And uh, God is actually having a brag session about, about Job in heaven. Now, now, I think that's pretty good. If you, if you have God bragging on you in heaven, that means that says something right there. But Job goes through this incredibly difficult season. I'm not going to get into all the specifics of it. But at the end of it, he says, he says, Lord, I had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. There's something about this trouble, there's something about this heartache that has opened my eyes to the truth of who you are. And I'm amazed and I'm astounded at how great you are. God is able to carry us through the trouble. You know, I I think of David. You remember David in his early years? um, He's running from Saul. He's been anointed by Samuel as the next king, but uh, right now he's not king, even though in God's eyes he's the anointed king. Uh, He is fleeing from Saul because Saul is jealous and is pursuing him from place to place. And uh, he goes through times of discouragement, but ultimately he finds that God sustains him in the middle of it and brings him to the other side of it. And, and many of the psalms that you read in, in the scriptures are a picture of that. How God brings th- you through the trouble. And, and oftentimes you see this shift right in the middle of a psalm. As you're going through that psalm, he's, he's talking about, oh, Lord, i got my enemies. I've got my troubles. I've got, you know, he's listing all these things. And then he says, but Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, your your hesed, your your faithfulness, your loving kindness never ceases. Lord, you have been good to me in the past. You'll be good to me in the future. I know, God, that you are for me and you are with me. And, and he starts having the praise session. Why? Because he has brought his troubles to Jesus and he's experiencing God's joy. <laughs> How great a God do we serve that can carry... Listen, we've got to... This this world we live in is a is a wicked and evil place, and there's heartache and there's trouble, uh, but our God can sustain us and minister joy to us even in the midst of it. And then one day, oh, one day, <laughs> the veil's going to be taken away. Right now, First Corinthians thirteen says we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. The joy we have now is but a taste of the joy that will be. 
Corey Ten Boom shared uh, when she was a little girl, uh, she spent time in a Nazi concentration camp. She said when she was a little girl, um, her father would, would, would take the, the times they had, the, just a great time. Maybe they had company over or something. They just had a great time. And he would tell them, he'd say, you know what a good time we had tonight? He said, it's just a taste of what heaven's going to be like. <laughs> Isn't that a great way to teach your kids? I, I thought, wow. Uh, but, but that's the reality, right? Praise God, this life is going to be over one day, and we're going to enter into the joy of the Lord. Jesus could come. Uh, Philip and I were talking before the service that the Feast of the Trumpets is happening right now. Wouldn't it be great if the trumpet sounded? We just got caught up to meet Jesus right in the middle of it. And uh, we, we uh, enter into the joy of the Lord unlike we've ever known. But God meant it for good. Can I tell you something? Anything you suffer for the Lord, you're going to be rewarded for. Uh, the grief and the heartache and the trouble. Uh, Paul says this light and momentary suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed with us. The worst trouble we have is light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory, right? That is coming. What a God we serve. So you, you meant it for evil, Joseph says, but God meant it for good. God means it for good. What, what good does God do in our life? He gives us a greater reach, a supernatural grace, a greater effectiveness, and a great joy. Ask him to do these things in your life as you go through the troubles of your life. Lord, give me a reach. Help me reach people during this season of life. Help me not to get turned inward, Lord, and just focused on myself, uh, you know, uh, having a pity party. God, help me to, to minister to people and to have a reach during this time and to love people. Uh, God, Give me your supernatural grace. Help me to trust you in the middle of this rather than being bitter and, and moving away from you. Uh, God, give me a greater effectiveness for you during this time. Help me te teach me how to trust you better and how to walk with you more closely so that I can be more effective for you. And God, minister your joy to my heart in the midst of my struggle. And as you pray those things to God, God delights, I believe, to work those things out in, his, in the lives of his people, and he'll bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that you can take the things that others mean for evil, and you can use them for good in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the promise of one day um, seeing Jesus face to face for those of us who know you. And Lord, for those who are here to today that don't know Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day they'd repent and put their trust in Jesus while they have the opportunity to do so. We uh, will give an opportunity in a few moments. Lord, I pray that people will respond to you and surrender to Jesus and receive the eternal life that you desire to give. And uh, Lord... Um, as you do these great things for us in our lives, God, even in times of trouble, help us not forget to thank you and to praise you.